0: Anger Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. First of all, I thank God for this awesome privilege and honour To be with all of you at this Bangor Conference. And thank you to the organisers. Thank you to Ricky, to Tom, Eddie and all of you. And to the HCF of Ireland, Anne and Irene who are here for this invitation to be here. It's a great honour. I have been so blessed by the atmosphere of love and purpose and humility during the few days I've been here. This evening, it is an honour for me, I want to be a spokesman or a voice, first of all for the Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician, but secondly for the thousands, if not millions of suffering patients and their families and also a spokesman for the large number of healthcare workers who struggled in the midst of futility and failure and frustration, but also a spokesman for the Healthcare Christian Fellowship of Ireland, South Asia and International. The founder of Healthcare Christian Fellowship was once asked, how did HCF start and where are you heading to? His answer was, Healthcare Christian Fellowship was born in the heart of God and going back to God, but taking many patients and their families with us. And dear friends, if we listen with God's ears, we will hear a great cry going up from the health fields of this world. A Yugoslavian doctor once described it this way, he said, There is an SOS going up from the healthcare facilities. You white-coated nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, you are caring for our bodies. Is there anyone to save our souls? And there is a great cry that goes up from the health fields of the world: a cry of loneliness, of pain, of fear, of rejection. Of guilt, of grief, and much more. Sometimes it's an audible cry. Sometimes it's just a sigh that one has to listen very carefully. And sometimes it's just a silent scream, as depicted in the fetus just before an abortion. In the ultrasound, you can see the child opening its mouth, the, the little one, the fetus, screaming. Does God care? Does God hear these cries? Of course he does. When Abel's blood, he said Abel's blood cried out to him. And I used to think if one person's innocent blood reached God, then what about all the aborted babies? Can you imagine the cry reaching the heart of God? Ishmael cried, God heard it. Israel cried out in Egypt. God heard that cry. Bartimaeus cried out. Jesus stopped on his way to Jerusalem just for one man, one patient. The Syrophoenician woman cried out in despair over her daughter. Jesus intervened. The widow of Nain was sighing and weeping on her way out of the city of Nain. Jesus stopped with compassion. And Habakkuk, cried out, Lord, are you there? Lord, do you care? Lord, is it fair? Thank God the Lord heard him and gave him a brilliant answer in the book of Habakkuk. And the Lord feels all these cries. And he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That none of us should cry, Why hast thou forsaken me? And he cries out on behalf of the health fields, whom shall I send, who will go for us. One of the things I used to often think is that if we put a stethoscope to God's heart, we might hear this sound, not lubbed up as we are taught in medicine, but none should perish, none should perish, none should perish. That is the heart of God. And this night, in order to share this vision, I thought it best to use seven sentences that have radically affected our lives. And I'll try to illustrate each one with my eye on the clock so that I don't go too far, but with a few stories here and there to illustrate each one of these stories. I work with Healthcare Christian Fellowship in South Asia which was seven countries, but from the recent SAARC conference, it's eight. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepal, Maldives, Sri Lanka, and now Afghanistan. More than one billion people live there. Countries dominated by Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam. And we are told that around 40% of the population has something to do with a healthcare facility every year. That's a large percentage. As one Indian colleague of mine, he said, we must look at every healthcare facility as a mission field and every Christian healthcare worker as a missionary. The first statement is, Jesus Christ is Lord of healthcare, healing and wholeness. I love this statement. Jesus spent much time with the sick. Healing was a high priority for him. We read in Acts 10.38, Peter said to the Cornelius and his friends, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I think if he visited Bangor, if the Lord Jesus visited Bangor, He would include your community hospital as part of his itinerary. And the vision we have is bringing our patients to Jesus. Like the four men who brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. It was difficult to do so. And it is still difficult to do so. But they were determined. They resorted to that which was not conventional. Jesus saw their faith. And he spoke to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Rise, take up your bed and walk. He cared for the whole man. Everybody was amazed to see what Jesus had done. And God was glorified. And our prayer is, may God repeat this over and over and over again. Because the power of the Lord is still present. But in addition, another scripture that has burned into our hearts in Healthcare Christian Fellowship, it's from Colossians 2 where we read that in Christ Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the treasure keeper. So he has the secrets of psychiatry, of death and dying and of all these areas of health care. Unfortunately, we've left him out and our passion has been to bring the ark of God back into health care. Bringing back the ark. The precepts, the principles, the person, the purity of the kingdom of God back into healthcare. It's so sad that the humanistic worldview, the split dualistic worldview, has invaded medicine and healthcare in general. And one vision is to bring back the biblical, Hebraic worldview back into medicine. The implications are radical. In the last few years, we have hosted three gatherings on biblical healthcare in Christian Medical College, Bello. And it has been amazing to see God stirring the hearts of this institution as well as many medical people. One surgeon, a born-again Christian doctor, after one of these conferences, he told me, he said, Arul, after 26 years as a Christian doctor is the first time I have shared my faith with any, even one of my patients. Thank God he began at least after 26 years. And I've been encouraged to hear in the British Isles, the HCF of Ireland and British Isles, how God is moving many medical people in this area of bringing back the ark into healthcare. The second statement is, more people pass through the hospitals of the world than through its churches. This is not to say that the church is not important, but to highlight that the healthcare facility is a great opportunity. One promise that we, God gave us 30 years ago, which today is even more relevant to us, is Revelation 3.8. I have set before you an open door. No one can shut it. He is still opening doors to hearts, to homes, to hospitals, to cities, to churches, to countries. We prayed for 14 years for Bhutan. And what a joy it was when God suddenly opened the door into Bhutan to minister to the healthcare people. We were caught and interrogated, it was a fearful experience. But I remember I was having so many messages for these Bhutan Christians, but how to give it? We were warned not to meet them. So on the last night that I was in Bhutan, from 10 in the night till 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning, I recorded six messages onto a cassette in the toilet and sent those messages out. And God in his mercy used it and now we have an open door to minister to the Bhutanese health workers. In Sri Lanka, one dental surgeon in a war area shared the booklet we had written for patients. We got 17 responses back, referred the matter to a pastor, and the end result was a new church was planted in an unreached area. It all began in the hospital. God has set before us an open door. Thirdly, people are more receptive to spiritual realities during a time of sickness than perhaps at any other time in their life. A time of sickness, some people say, they use the Greek word kairos, an opportune moment in the life of that person. A beloved doctor friend of mine, who is also a great lover of rugby, he told me that it's like in a rugby. You get a sudden opening and you've got to quickly go through that opening. And in the health fields you get these sudden openings that healthcare workers who are around the patient have that opening to share God's love, the care, the compassion and to communicate Christ. Just two months ago, I was in the northwest frontier province of Pakistan in the hospital, some of you may know, in Bannu. A beloved Christian doctor friend of mine who himself was kidnapped by the Taliban A Taliban-like group in December last year was 25 days. He was lucky to have come out alive. But as I walked into this hospital, he introduced me to a patient who was from the Taliban, who has been injured in a bomb blast, but somehow found himself in a mission hospital. And this doctor introduced me to this patient, and this man just hugged me. I felt such a love for him. We hugged each other for a long time. Had it gone on for another few more seconds, I would have wept over him. And I thought to myself, it would have been impossible to share the gospel with this Taliban. He had a fierce-looking face, but he had to get into a hospital. And in that hospital, he was meekly, not that he accepted Christ, but he was listening to the gospel. Fourthly, for many, the healthcare facility is the last stop before eternity. This is an awesome reality. People die in hospitals. And from the healthcare centre, either to heaven or to hell. It's a very sobering thought. There was a patient from Mali, and the Islands. the Maldivian government calls it, says it is a 100% Muslim country. But thank God it's not so. God is breaking through. But there was a Maldivian high-security political prisoner who was involved in a revolt in the Maldivian jail, ended up in a private hospital in Kalambu. Thanks to the loving, compassionate care of a Christian Indian nurse, he asked for prayer. And when we went to see him, with all high-security protection, but you know, I had to... Act as if I was a doctor. Well, I was a doctor, but I don't practice now. But we got in and I asked him. I knew time was short. I said, tell me, why did you want prayer? He said, I'm terrified of death. It's too long to go into all the details. But I pulled out my Bible. I was initially even frightened to pull the Bible out. I pulled the Bible out to Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. And showed it to him. He was English speaking. And read it to him about Jesus who through his death destroyed him who had the power of death and freed those who all their lifetime had been in bondage due to their fear of death. He was amazed that there was such a verse in the Bible. And later on he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. In New Delhi, there is a Christian healthcare facility called Shalom that is leading many patients with HIV infection or AIDS to the Lord. And we thank God for all the Christ-centered health care to AIDS patients. In fact, I was discussing with a few friends and we were saying, God is at his best when man is at his worst. And we were saying, heaven is going to be full of AIDS patients who have come to know Christ. Thank God for Christ-centered health And even the aborted babies are going to be there in heaven. Praise God for that. God reverses what man does his worst. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Fifthly, not only the healthcare is the last stop before eternity, but healthcare facilities are always open. Peace time, war time, disaster time, any time. Hospitals are always open. Even militants, terrorists, armies will allow healthcare people to go and work. And disasters and wars and oppressive regimes are increasing. And we like to call it a 3S strategy. A silent, secret, strategic service that can continue even in such situations. The tsunami and the earthquake that Elizabeth mentioned yesterday are good examples of this. Sixthly, it has come to us in a deep way that the church, the body of Christ, is the custodian of care and the dispenser, if we may reverently say it, of wholeness and healing to the community. It is the church that holds the key and so we developed the concept of congregations in healthcare, training congregations to get involved in healthcare. That expression could vary. I just read an email from England, from Wales, where church, a church and a medical doctors have joined together to buy up GP practices in order to have spiritual ministry to patients. Praise God! Some churches may run a hospice. Some may care for the dying. Some may do hospital visitation. Some may be in advocacy. But we believe that this combination of Pastor Paul and Dr. Luke, as I like to call it, what a combination that was, Paul and Luke, a winning combination, must be brought back again. Healthcare must come back under the roof of the church. Because the church is the only one, the body of Christ, who can really give wholeness to people. And so we say, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. May healthcare and wholeness and the church come together. And more and more we see the churches in South Asia and in Europe, in Britain, this happening, that pastors will see the healthcare workers in their congregation as missionaries to the health field. And will see the great needs in the mission hospitals and in the healthcare facilities and encourage their workers to go out. Lastly, a seventh statement is a biblical principle that is so vital. The vision is wonderful, but to see it implemented, Jesus taught a principle in John chapter 12, death is the gateway to life. Except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it die, it will bear much fruit. We have a noble procession of healthcare workers in the Bible and in 2000 years of history. One of my favourites are the two Hebrew midwives, Sipra and Pua. Thank God for them. They defied Pharaoh's orders. They risked their lives and they allowed the babies to live. And even Moses passed through their hands. If they had listened to the, followed the governmental direction, Moses would have been killed at birth. Thank God they delivered the deliverer. What about Dr. Luke? And then 2,000 years of history, Hudson Taylor. And here in England, one of our favorite heroes in Sri Lanka is Dr. Dennis Burkitt from UK. We love him. He's he's dead now. But he's the one who showed that viruses cause malignancies. He did this research in a mission hospital, I think in Kenya. And not only that viruses cause malignancies, but that fiber in the diet reduces the incidence of carcinoma or cancer of the colon. He changed the breakfast tables of the English-speaking people. Your breakfast tables. He was awarded the Fellow of the Royal Society, which is a very prestigious award. When he was awarded this, he apparently remarked to one of his friends, I consider the Fellowship of the Saints more valuable than the Fellowship of the Royal Society. What a servant of God. And there are many other wonderful unsung heroes whom I have met in my travels around South Asia and around the world. And I felt like washing their feet. One of them is a Bhutani male nurse. He has been in prison twice. Right now he's on a visit to eastern Bhutan. He's lost his job. His name is Benjamin. But he loves the Lord. And he wants to work with us part-time to reach out to healthcare people in Bhutan. I just heard from Irene and Anne of a doctor in the south part of Ireland who because of his witness for Christ had to endure the wrath of his fellow colleagues, doctors. He had to face an inquiry with the medical council, but he stood firm and true to God. And there are many others like this. May God raise an army of worshipping warriors in the health fields. Both Christians in healthcare and members of churches who have a vision for the health fields, who not only receive by faith, but who also refuse by faith, like Moses, who refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, who are true servants of our servant God, a doctor friend of mine in India, he described servanthood in this way. He said it's servanthood means going to the back of the queue. And he said, everyone is rushing to the front of the queue. But you might meet Jesus in the back of the queue. In the mission hospitals, in the smaller rural places, in the difficult places. And people who consider suffering as a calling. And so in HCF we have been developing a teaching on suffering and joy. Because we are good at therapy for suffering. But we haven't developed a theology of suffering, and we need both. For it is given unto you, Paul said, not only to believe, but also to suffer for his namesake. As Amy Carmichael said, she's from Ireland, I believe, he hath not followed far, who has no wound or scar. I want to join with my dear colleagues Anne and Irene, who are here from HCF Ireland. And three of us, I can speak for them. We have gone through failure, despair, futility. But we can honestly say that we are more excited now than ever before about this vision. We have launched seven years of prayer for the health fields. And you are welcome to join in this prayer effort. You can ask them, they have a stall. And seven proclamations over the health fields. And a seven-year plan to possess the land. To see true worship. For dear friends, the issue is not, is there a God today? The issue is, who is the Lord? And we we want to issue a clarion call to the health fields. Let my people go, that they may worship me. I'd like to conclude by praying a prayer for the health fields. That God gave to me, I was lying on the grass in the middle of a gospel medical, we were having a gospel outreach, medical outreach, and I got a little leave from my colleague who was running the clinic, and I went and I was lying down on the grass, and God gave me this prayer, I have abridged the prayer for this, and can you join with me in praying this prayer? O blessed Holy Spirit, lead us now as one body with boldness to the throne of grace. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring for his power and love are such none can ever ask too much. Creator and Redeemer, Lord, into the darkness, deception, chaos, confusion, pain and perplexity of the health fields of South Asia and Ireland, we declare by faith Let there be light. Lord, over the health fields of South Asia and Ireland, the health workers, the patients and their families, we say with Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones, let there be life. O Lord, second Adam, life-giving spirit, please breathe your breath of life on these. Lord, we call forth to medical, dental, nursing and allied healthcare students, and all healthcare workers, Lazarus, come forth. We remember many of our Christian healthcare colleagues, believers in Christ yet crippled by a spirit of infirmity, like the woman in Luke chapter 13. Lord, with Jesus we speak the word you spoke over her. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Lord, we see how humanistic worldviews. And deceptive philosophies have infiltrated and invaded healthcare. We have left out the Lord of healthcare and His truths. Please forgive us, Lord. And Lord, please raise lovers of the truth in healthcare so that we can once again bring back the ark of God. You asked us, Lord, to pray for laborers for the harvest field. Oh, Lord, release laborers into the harvest field in the health field. We pray for young healthcare workers to rise up as a young, holy generation, set apart for God, like the Nazarites of old. May they help to stem the tide of spiritual decay. We pray for the release of great choices among middle aged or midpoint career medicals. And we remember older retired healthcare workers, Lord. We pray that they will use their retired years for their greatest exploits for God. Lord though the darkness is deepening the greatest opportunity for Christ centered health care is now yet the price tag is high help your children to willingly pay the price and grab these opportunities for we have just one short hour before sunset to win the victories for God but we have all eternity to celebrate them Lord we pray the restoration of the authentic healing ministry of the church Let that winning combination of Pastor Paul and Dr. Luke be revived and your healing power be manifest once again as it was 2,000 years ago. Finally, Lord, we repent of and throw off all our idols and false gods in the health fields and we rise to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of health care, wholeness and healing. And so by faith we bring the sick and suffering to you, like the four men who brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. Lord, speak these words over and over again. Son, daughter, your sins are forgiven. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Lord, we have deliberately asked you for light, life, liberty, laborers, love and the Lordship of Christ. You are able to do more than we can ask or think. May your kingdom come, your will be done in the health fields of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.